Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Super Fun Happy Arsenal Podcast. <laughs> this is the suburbs edition of Gunnerstown, but this is the super fun, awesome Arsenal fantabulous podcast. I can't even say words. I'm that excited to be sharing uh, 30 minutes of my time and Ben Leader's time. Hello, Ben. Hello, Christopher. And um, also Steve Othan's time. Hello, Steve. Hello, Christopher. Are we feeling happy, Steve? Um, my boss is a Chelsea fan. My stepdad is a Chelsea fan. My brother is a Chelsea fan. Yes, I'm feeling pretty good right now. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, yes. Love it. No, another another Ben in your life. Uh, not the uh, fabulous one that we're looking at right now. Another Ben in your life is experiencing a whole world of pain. Um, yes. So let's start with you then, Steve. Um, how much and we'll click the uh, 30 minutes on how much how salty are your family members about Anthony Taylor? Let's start with that glorious man, Anthony Taylor. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was my my that was the first one to just start shouting out things as I'm talking to mum because he wouldn't come over and watch it. We couldn't watch it together. Um, but my mum, who's an Arsenal fan, just rang me cheering. We're both cheering. He's shouting stuff in the background. He's then sending me the fake picture, which is pretty much Martinez in their goal area when he catches the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and then I send him the real one back going, what are you talking about? Um, and it just makes me so happy that they're so angry about it. It makes me even yeah. happier. It's like added an extra 25% of juiciness to it, hasn't yeah. it, Ben? Yeah. Can we swear? Yeah, of course we can. Fuck them! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a poor way of just expressing your joy. It? it was just like you had some sort of random joke or something. I just really dislike them. As Arsene said about Anthony Taylor, you're a disgrace to your federation. Like, Chelsea are a disgrace to the federation. And it's just joy beating them. Absolute joy. It makes it 10 times better. Can I just say, though, um, I don't know about you guys, but let's talk. So let's get right into the game. Um, I'll, I'll ask you for your just general feelings of the game in a second. But let's skip forward just for a second, because we're talking about Anthony Taylor, to that penalty. Because I don't know about you guys, but I went absolutely effing nuts when um, Over was brought down inside the box. I was like, you're gone. And Anthony Taylor pulls out a yellow card. I was absolutely fuming. And then you've got Chelsea fans that are moaning about Anthony Taylor and, and the Kovacic's <laughs> red card, which, let's face it, was a silly, soft, ridiculous decision by Anthony Taylor. But my view is that karma's a bitch and uh, as, as they should have been down to 10 men a lot earlier than that. Steve, what do you reckon? I felt it was like they got all of our bad luck and all of our injury bad luck that we've had over the last few weeks all in one game. And it was yeah. fantastic. Um, yeah, me and me and Ben, I don't know if you saw Chris, but in the kind of WhatsApp group, we were talking about the, the red card. And I was saying I thought it was. I don't think Rudiger would have got there, um, even no, though in the picture. Not. And especially like if Aspilicueta doesn't attack Aubameyang, he definitely doesn't get there. Yeah. Um, and and bearing in mind, this is a centre forward who's got like, what, 29, 30 goals this season. If he's bearing down on Willy Caballero, I think we all know that there's going to be one winner there, don't we? But um, Ben, did you celebrate the penalty when it went in? I actually did. Um, and I was like, you, I lost my head on that old sort of penalty <laughs> thing. But when you kind of look back at it, I suppose there's kind of two schools of thought, right? Like the foul technically starts outside the box mm. so if he goes down at that point 
what I'm basically saying is I'm glad it went into the box and we get the penalty and he gets a yellow. Um, obviously, it would have been great if he goes as well, but I don't, I don't think you get... As, like, we needed a goal, basically. Um, I'd rather would have taken the goal over the red card. Well, yeah, exactly. But that's the thing that really drove me mad. And that's what, <clears throat> up until the point in which it hits the net, I was fuming because I was like, right, so this is exactly the same as what happened with David Luiz and City. And sort of, to a lesser extent, what happened at Chelsea. They don't get through, you know, a concession of a goal. So that's why it really drove me mad. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because Ober puts the ball in the back of the net. You know, we're back to 1-1. Steve didn't start like that, though, did it? Thinkings on the first five, <laughs> ten minutes. I think probably the first 20 minutes. I'm going to chuck that grenade at you first. Well, as I said, 1-0 down, 2-1 up. I, I, I called it, but I was still really pissed off when we conceded that goal. Um, actually, when you look at the game as a whole, the drinks breaks did us favours in well, both We love a parks. drinks break. We love we? a drinks we break. We have them forever. <laughs> yeah, I think we should petition to get drinks breaks forever more because the first kind of quarter, we looked quite shaky and they were on top. And then the third quarter, the same. But as soon as we came out the drinks breaks and Arteta got hold of them, we, we were on top and we sorted it out. Yeah. Ben, first, part, first 20, 15, 20 minutes. What's going through your mind? Um, you can see why Chelsea have kind of got into the top four because of the sort of tactics that kind of overwhelm. It was very, it felt a little bit Sunday league, as in like, let's pressure, let's pressure. I'd be interested to see how their goal, like if their goals come in like burst. Does that make sense? If they get like one, two, three quickly, because the pressure that they were putting on us, you were thinking, hang on a minute, it's coming, like they're going to score. It wasn't like, oh, we'll, we'll ride this out. It was no, actually they're going to score. And then, Mount had that moment like really early on where he sort of got through. I thought it was quite clever how he sort of pretty much sat inside um, and he got played in, didn't he? He should have played in Giroud, but thank mm-hmm. God he didn't and he lost his head because he was in a cup final and it was just <clears> poor <throat> effort. But, um, I just think we handled it really well, to be honest. Like Steve said about the drinks break, Artessa telling Tierney to follow Matt. He was like, look, just follow him. And there was points where he was even at like almost like right back, which I thought was absolutely marvellous, but yeah. Do you know what's really interesting? The the team news comes out, and I think we pretty much expected that sort of team news. I mean, there was question marks over Saka versus Maitland-Niles. He went exactly the same, practically exactly the same as the uh, as the semi-final. But at times, it didn't feel like we were playing three central defenders, left wing back and a right wing back, did it? Because no. they, they shifted around so much. Mm. And there were times where I was watching it going, hold on, Maitland-Niles isn't playing left back here. And then I was like, hold on, Tierney's not playing centre-half or left-back. It's, it, was, it was very, very odd. But <clears throat> that's the kind of dynamism which I'm hoping that we're going to see from next season. And, you know, we'll talk about next season in a minute because this is the last uh, podcast of this season that we'll do before we crank it back up again for the Community Shield in, what, about five, six weeks' time. So we're not going to have time to, uh, to have a summer. Week. Yeah, next week. But, um, Steve... What's what's your view on Maitland-Niles' performance then? Um, and actually, maybe not just Maitland-Niles, but that whole left-hand side, because that's that's where the goals have come from as well. If you look at Tierney's ball over the top to Aubameyang, have you been surprised? Were you surprised at the inclusion of Maitland-Niles? Were you happy with it? And how do you think he played? And then Tierney as well, his impact. Uh, I don't think I was surprised by his impact, uh, by his um, kind of inclusion in the starting lineup. Um 
I think before the game, if push came to shove, I'd have possibly gone for Saka. But actually, Maitland-Niles did did fine. Obviously, he has to kind of cut back and he has to check in. You know that that can be a bit like, Ugh. but it worked quite well. But at times, he was the furthest man forward. Um, and it, I just, yeah, obviously, he did okay, right? We won. Um, and that left hand <laughs> side, that left hand side is like not only is it our powerhouse, it seemed to be their weakness as well. Um, yeah. You know, Asker Depreta just didn't have the legs to to keep up with Aubameyang. It worked oh, yeah. a bit better when Zuma went out there, but then when he had him on the box, he just turned him inside out. Um, yeah. Do you so know what? It, yeah. <laughs> that was one of those things you could just see when Aspicoleta's um, legs essentially broke in half when he was <laughs> running. Um, you could just see that um, we've got these on toast. And I've heard Chelsea fans talk about how poor they are at the back. And yeah, I mean, it's a bit pot and kettle because we know how bad we are. But I didn't expect to see as poor. I'm not, I didn't expect to see a, a team get roasted as much as they did because Aubameyang, I think Pepe at times, you know, even Hector Bellerin um, on in the lead up to the goal has ghosted past Chelsea's midfield. It's like the rules were you can't have a midfield yesterday uh, on Sunday, wasn't it, Ben? <laughs> yeah, it's lava. You can't touch it. Um, mm. You could like, uh, like looking at the first fifteen minutes of Chelsea. I know we should be talking about us, but looking at the first fifteen minutes of Chelsea, you could see their game plan. Um, but he literally didn't have a plan B, did he? The moment he kind of lost Pulisic, he should have not. He was trying to go man for man, but he should have not done that because it was so open for us and it was ridiculous. And even it, it was, it felt like mistakes that we would make or would have made mm-hmm. in the past. It's like no, you, no, we're continually doing the same thing. It's really obvious what our tactic is here. And you're not doing anything about him. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank Frank. He's in charge, mate, because you see yeah. mistakes won us a trophy there. Yeah, well, I think also we've got to give some props to Mikel Arteta because he knows how to set teams up, doesn't he? Um, even though we've got quite obvious weaknesses. Like, I, I don't think, I don't, I really hope to touch with it. I really hope this doesn't come back to bite me in the arse. But um, I looked at Frank Lampard as a manager and what I've seen of him. You know, he's a like he seems a likable bloke to be fair, but Mikel Arteta just seems to get it. He seems to he's playing he's managing a worse team and he's he's delivering results and he's delivered results on the biggest stage there and he's won us a cup final. The only thing I'd probably say is that Pulisic injury was quite a game changer because the guy was cropping up on that left hand side and I don't know about you guys, but it terrifies me to see Rob Holding wade his way through Treacle um um at the back and I really do worry. Uh, I worry about his long-term Don't future. Cry. I worry about his long-term future. Um, Steve, do you worry about his long-term future? Or do you just think that this is an injury-based thing? Um, I'm kind of in a different position to where I've been in a lot of kind of recent Arsenal teams. Um, you know, if you think about the squads that we've been through, um, as you both know, I can get quite kind of loyal on, with certain players. And one place to be given more of a chance, and you end up thinking about the players. Whereas now I'm completely on this Mikel Arteta bus, and I'm like, I don't really worry about Rob Holding because if Mikel Arteta doesn't want him, then I don't want him. If Mikel Arteta does want him, then I'll I'll get behind that, and I'll and I'll hope he gets the best out of him. Um, it is a shame in terms of you know the Rob Holding that we saw a couple of seasons ago looked like he was going to come in and just be absolutely out of this world. Um, I don't think he's been really 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 terrible just compared to what we thought he was going to be he hasn't quite got to those heights 
the problem is he's just got no pace. I don't know, Ben, if you want to just jump in on this one as well, but I just think it, you can't not have pace in the modern game. And it seems like in the last, since Liverpool and City have really upped the, they've upped the game really, haven't they? They'll be number one and two next season, I'm sure of it. But it almost feels to me like you can't be a defender without pace in this league anymore, unless you're going to play for some Mickey Mouse team, you know, towards the bottom of the league where you're essentially camped on the edge of your box. You can't be playing for a top eight, top six team and and not have pace. Give me some thoughts on that, Ben. No, and also, he... Go on. the Pulisic. I mean, was that the was that a big game changer for you? The Pulisic uh, moment. Yeah. Well, to sort of like combine both of those kind of points, like. Bobby Holden, unfortunately, a kind of he's. I think he's peaked. You know what I mean? Like I know we're talking about injuries and things that have gone wrong, but I think that this is just his level, right? I don't. I, we come in and we set hopes on players. We look at all players all the time because we want him to do well because he's such a, a sort of a likable guy, right? He's like kind of like mate the Niles. They're in this kind of almost Danny Welbeck to what he was to Man United element where he's kind of one of ours and he's likable and you want him to do well, but you just really know deep down that if you're talking elite, which I think that you are, he is not, unfortunately. Um, Someone good to go around and like what Steve said, basically, if Vartessa wants him, I'm in. Because what he's done with like Mustafi, what he's done with Xhaka, as in mentally as well, I don't don't literally just mean on the pitch, I mean mentally what he's been able to um, give them like, to sort of instill into them and like other players were like Pepe. Like we, I was only saying like two or three weeks ago, how sort of shy he seemed and how um, we're going to see these like seven out of or six out of 10 type performances where it's just about recycling the ball, getting the ball, passing it on, blah, 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 blah. But he had both at the weekend. He was getting the ball. He was doing madness. And then Bobby Holden, I know he's got done for the first goal, but Pudisic is very, very good. Like he is like actually yeah. elite. Like it's scary. So, I'm not really like, whoa, on that. But it's about setting it up correctly. And I, I trust him, like Steve said. I trust him to kind of put him in safer, almost, situations. Yeah. All right. I'm going to stay with you, Ben, just for a quick one then. Because uh, talk to me about your, your favourite Arsenal player of the uh, day. Who was the best player on the pitch? And then, Steve, I'll ask you that same question next. Uh, can I only pick one? I can yeah, pick one. Yeah. Pick one. Um, best player. Oh, sugar. Well, the, the actual correct answer is Kieran Tierney, um, but I'm going to give it. I'm going to give my heart to Martinez. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might go Sabios because he had a good game as well. He I was, was very good. Thinking but you might go Sabios. Tierney was the best player on the pitch by a mile. Did not, did not put a foot wrong. Every pass, every tackle, every header. He ran Mal out of that game once. Yeah. Once Arteta said, "Look, there's your, there's your lad." He did not touch the ball game. He was outrageous. He's so good. Yeah. We all love a bit of Kieran Tierney as well. He's so Wolf. down to earth and nice as well. Ben, Wolf. give me yours. Give me yours. Steve, sorry. Give me yours. Um, can I just firstly say that uh, I tweeted earlier from my secondary account that <laughs> somebody somebody at Sky Sports <laughs> gave Kieran Tierney a 6 out of 10 what? And somebody needs sacking. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the goal, you can't even, he was there for the goal, but you can't blame him. You know, that was good play from, 
from Pulisic. Um, and I think going back to the centre-back thing, I think you're right, Ben, like holding, yeah, I don't think he's going to be great, but I don't think you can hold too much against him for not keeping up with someone like Pulisic. Um, but on this was good, Tini was good, but I just, I can't look past it because what a finish. So going, especially when you hear, you know, what Ben tweeted where it's listening in and you can hear them saying about, you know, he's going to shoot on his right foot and you're like, up yours, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you could even, if you, so that video, that's the video that you put, isn't it, Ben? You put a video onto Twitter and someone even says right foot and then he just like, nah, left foot, dink. But I did that whole, I did that whole, you know, where you're you're sitting down on the edge of your seat and you're watching it and you see him do that shimmy. And I just stood sort of not standing up, not sitting down, just halfway frozen between standing up and sitting down. And then, and then he's beaten Zuma and then he just lifts the ball over and it just erupts into a full blown sort of jumping up and down (laughs) with your arms in the air. It was absolutely brilliant. And then followed, what was that like the... It was like 20 minutes of, or 25 minutes of absolute hell. I don't know about you guys, but I basically went through hell for 20, 25 minutes. Because this is big. This feels big. Like, Ben, we talked, was it last week or the week before, you said, we're in trouble. Um, You know, we we talked about the financial side of it, but also the mental side of it as well. So talk to me about where we are now. Sliding doors moment. Sliding doors moment. Sliding doors. That's we've what I was... kicked that. We've kicked it down, mate. <laughs> kicked it down. No, but th- this is what it was, right? The pl- I was saying, like, I'm, I'm quite anxious. Like, we haven't even spoke about Bamiyang yet. We need to do that in a minute. But Bamiyang was absolutely everything. Um, and the bit after that, did I retweet the video and put it in the WhatsApp group where he does that like dance, and then they all start dancing with him? Like that sums mm. up everything that he's about for the team for the maybe like I suppose on paper he's not this kind of like traditional type um captain do you know what I mean like passion and but they love him they love him get pin him down wherever he is right now get him to sign that piece of paper what in blood in blood blood. (laughs) (laughs) in blood what a guy Steve wax lyrical about Aubameyang for me um, I'm in love with him and may actually have his babies just from watching him. Even though that's physically impossible. Well, I think it might be possible because that's the way I feel. In. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. in your mind then, let's talk. 250 grand a week, three-year deal or two, three-year deal. No-brainer? What was it? People yeah. have said it'll yeah, be 33, yeah, 34 years old. old. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah stop it. that. Stop that. This is football. Like People are getting carried away. Like Just to finish off what you asked me initially like the it's the sliding noise moment right we lose this we feel terrible about ourselves we're looking at it we're thinking oh my god but now we're kind of in this position where we have got the ability to sign this absolute elite striker uh, yes it's a lot of money yes boring 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 but he is so good at football so good and the way Arteta is talking he's going to put him at centre forward and then what happens then magic happens do it do you think he will so um 
I guess we've got we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, I want to talk about how big this is, Arteta winning a trophy quite early on. But then I suppose we should probably also talk about some of the transfer guff that um, has been coming out because you've got noises about Lacazette to Juventus and you've got noises that are even stronger about Willian joining us. So who wants to go with, who wants to talk about Lacazette and who wants to talk about Willian? Well, Ben quite likes Lacazette, doesn't ben he? Loves, <laughs> he loves <laughs> Lacazette. So um, Ben, why don't you talk... Why don't you talk about Lacazette? I've, I've actually packed his bags. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> what no, about... Like, if, go on. Say that again. I was going to say, what about if uh, all you are saying is a swap deal? If you say Aaron Ramsey, then I'm just... I'm going to delete this podcast. You didn't even give me a chance to say Aaron James Ramsey, but it wouldn't be Aaron James Ramsey, but I wouldn't swap him. No, I, I would sell him because I think it would allow us to, if William comes in... Play William on the left, Aubameyang and Pepe up front, and it feels a bit more sort of balanced. Um, yeah. But yeah. And, and Steve, do you think William's a good... Let's actually spend a couple of minutes on this. What's your views on William um, potentially signing, given how strong it sounds? Yeah, I would I would take William. I know, you know, all the talk is, oh, we need to focus on centre midfield, we need to focus on centre back, we've got enough wingers. But actually, we haven't got enough good wingers because otherwise our best striker wouldn't be playing on the wing, right? Um, so we do, if we can get him on a free and look at the other positions as well, I'm not saying I'd be happy if we don't sign a centre-back, but if we can get William, I'd do it. Ben? Yeah. I I actually think this is, like, semi-sensible, right? There's a pandemic. What, three-year deal plus plus one? That's what was being taught. It's a pandemic. We don't technically have any money. Will he stay for that period of time? Yes, like, if you look at the deal in isolation, you're like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Like, what are we doing? But we we are how many points behind Liverpool? We need to yeah. actually bring in players that are going to come in and actually do something. Yes, we all want to sign a 23-year-old Brazilian who's the next Pele or next Martinelli. But <laughs> I think you've kind of got to be semi-realistic. Like, we, we don't... We don't or can't. We know the money drill. We don't or can't spend the money. If we can sign someone on a free, I'm air quoting podcasters, but of that ability, he still can play. There's still like two years left. And if it duffs off, what do we do with him? Send him off like Mkhitaryan. Like, he's- yeah, I think that's that's the only thing that's going through my mind. And the reason why I'm hesitant is because number one, it's like a quarter of a million pound a week, supposedly. Uh, for a three-year deal for a guy that's going to end up being 35 years old. We've just we've had our fingers burnt with Mkhitaryan. We've had our fingers extremely burnt with Ozil. And we've now... It's, I mean, people are literally calling him, saying Ozil's bogarding us. I mean, if they, it's turned into, <laughs> ad, it's turned into an adjective, for Christ's sake. I love um, it. Being uh, bogarded is, is... And that's what's happened. We, the last thing we want is a player who's going to decline to to be stuck around if it was a, do you know what if it was a two-year deal or a one plus mm-hmm. one like the david louise thing for a free transfer i'd be saying that is absolutely mustard go for it brilliant top work arsenal you know done it again but there's something about also the fact that it's another one of of uh of kia's boys and i do think that raul sanyehi I think his little book of contacts that he binned off Sven Mislintat for essentially just is one sheet, one A4 sheet of paper with the word Kia Drabshin repeatedly written on it in different coloured font. <laughs> <laughs> Kia Drabshin in red. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, I can, I almost understand, like, maybe I'm still pissed from the weekend, but, <laughs> like, in my head, if, if this Arsenal, this current Arsenal team, like, forgetting about money, because it's nothing to do with me, can sign a player that's better than what we've got for, air quoting, for nothing, I, I don't see why we don't do that. Like, the thing yeah. is, like, if you look at as a whole package, right, maybe we, we you get rid of Torreira, you get rid of three or four players, insert players of choice, and then the deal itself doesn't seem so bad because wages have been freed up from somewhere else. So, like, as a package, it, it might be better. Just right now, it's just like, ooh. Yeah. All right. So, we've done that. Let's not talk too much of dwell on transfers. I'm sure there'll be that sort of nonsense that'll happen over the next few weeks. But let's talk about the actual importance of winning a shiny silver trinket, as Arteta has done. How big is that for him in terms of validation? Steve, I'll go with you on this one. And what do you think it does in terms of setting us up for next year? Well, it's massive for him. You think of you know his CV. He's been, you know, if you ignore the the break, he hasn't been there very long at all and has taken over a complete shit show and has gone on to win a trophy. Um, yeah. And which then automatically qualifies us, you know, straight into Europa League. We don't even have to go through qualifying and stuff like that. So for him, that's massive. Um, and for us, it's even bigger. You know, number 14, another trophy. It's absolutely fantastic. Sets us... Everyone's got to believe in him now, right? Even if you had your doubts, you know, some people strangely did have doubts, whether whether you agree with that or not. You've got to back him now. The board have got to back him. The players have got to believe even more than they already do because he's already proven that what he's doing is working. So I think it's huge. Mm -hmm. Ben? It's, you know, like when a player turns up, like, remember when our Sharvin did that goal against Blackburn, that, uh, and you kind of go, yeah. Whole, we all went, whole shit. Like, what? Like, he's well good. And, like, I was trying to think about other moments that, like, that I know I said already said about the Abamyang moment where he danced over and all the other players are watching. It feels like that's almost like Arteta's, like, hang on a minute, minute. Because, like Steve was saying, and, and you as well, Chris, we were quite keen for him to come initially. Maybe, like, the timing wasn't right then, and that's maybe a conversation for a different day. But it just it actually proves that, that what we were thinking and seeing is real. Like, he has won a trophy with this absolutely atrocious football team in, what, in like 100 days? Is it 100 days? Less, yeah, more? something like that, yeah. He's if he, gone if he take out trophy, COVID and stuff. He's beaten Man City, Chelsea and, in brackets, Liverpool, and then gone and won an FA Cup with Mustafi and Bobby holding at the back. Knighted. <laughs> But, <laughs> but also, think about it, the injuries, the suspension, yeah, like yeah. some of the decisions as well that we've had against us. Um, Jacka walked you know, off, mate. Yeah. Jacka uh, walked off. We had, a, we had a guy who had one foot in Berlin going to Hertha Berlin, <laughs> and he turned into an absolute linchpin at the side. This has been the most bizarre season ever. But I think it's been, I think this FA Cup, is massive because it gives validation, like we pretty much just, I'm just reiterating really, it gives validation to Arteta for his methods. You've got players in that dressing room that are going to go, this guy, like they already talked about it, David Luiz said it, like after the, it was either the Man City game, it was one of the games that we played this season, he said, this coach is going places. And mm. it's all right if the players start believing that, but you need that big win 
which we got against Liverpool, then we got to get to Man City. And then you need, players need to be able to see, oh, we can win these shiny silver trinkets. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. We can get winners' medals here. And in terms of, even though we haven't got Champions League football, imagine the narrative now, if you're Mikel Arteta, if you're talking to a player, player X, who's pretty good, and you're saying, look, yeah, we finished eighth last season. I wasn't here from the start. We did finish with an with an FA Cup. And also, if you're coming to Arsenal, FA Cup winners this year, Europa League finalists last year, all right, it was an absolute shit show, but, you know, still finalists. Year before, League Cup against Man City, all right, lost that, but you're still going to a final. Year before that, beating Chelsea in the FA Cup. Arsenal, you know, if you come to Arsenal, you are going to get opportunities to win things. You aren't always win things, but you're going to get opportunities. And now with me at the helm, um, Arteta, I am going to be able to set my team up in a way and you're going to be part of that. He can really sell. I feel like he can actually sell a vision, mm. which is yeah. which is quite an exciting thing, I'll be honest to say. So um, so we've all established that um, Aubameyang needs to sign. Um, you two are absolutely um, cock-a-hoop over the prospect of William. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, we're all very, very happy about the uh, about the um, the FA Cup. Um what happens now this summer? We've got two minutes. Where do you see this summer going? Uh, Steve, I'll start with you. I think the scariest thing for me is like, even pre-COVID situation, I would have been worried about how much money they give him. With the COVID situation, even more worried that he's, we're going to be scraping the bower in terms of you know transfer funds and stuff. Um, so th th this is a... I know we've won the FA Cup. We said that was a sliding door moment, but I think this transfer window is as well. It's going to be really interesting to see who he gets rid of and who he can bring in. Um, but I'm excited. Um, I am really excited. And it's been quite a while since you, you could really say that, I think, as an Arsenal fan in terms of hope. and no, Not hope. They always get you with the bloody hope. That's what kills it. But <laughs> the, the actual Ain't that the truth? truthful excitement. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do and what kind of player he's going to sign and who he's going to bin. Um, yeah, excited. Ben? Yeah, just to piggyback off Steve, basically, it's it's obviously a very difficult time of what's going on, but obviously we live in football land. So the difficulty is trying to close the gap on the teams above us because um, Man City, apparently 300 million to spend, United are trying to buy Sancho for 120 million. Um, no doubt Liverpool will get in. There's obviously Thiago chat. Um, I forgot Chelsea have gone and spent how much already? Like yeah, they're going crazy. We we were how many points behind them already? So for me, that is kind of the fear. It's like let's see what they can do, and it it will just be who they can get money for. I think like how much do we actually eventually get for Gwendozi? Um Who's a twat, by the way? Let me say that on the internet. Um, and the others, basically, whoever goes out, it just how the jigsaw like comes together. I'm just hopefully like I hope that he wants William. I hope that he wants Coutinho. Yeah. I hope he wants. I don't even know who's been linked with, but I hope all these names are Arteta saying I actually want that guy, mm -hmm. as opposed to being completely. Um, agent driven yes we're going to have to toy with that now and it's going to mess with our emotions and make us think about weird stuff but <laughs> I just hope that it is Arteta though you know what I mean ticking the final box as opposed to the club. yeah before we move on from Gunduzi, he must feel so stupid right now 
He's on holiday, mate. <laughs> but but he, he he must be thinking, like, there must be some part of him that must be thinking, actually, if I'd have just got my head down and got on with it and listened to this guy, I could have been a big part of something quite special. Whereas now, he's just going to be pissed off. Yeah. Ainsley yeah. Maitland-Niles, three months ago, was nowhere near this first team. Yeah. Uh, Genduzi was a regular. And who's the one that's picked up a cup a cup winner's medal? And who's the one that's played in the game and played well? So, you know, that's just something to to think about. And I think you're right. I think the jigsaw thing really stuck in my head, what you said, Ben, because we have got a jigsaw that needs to be put together now. And we've got pieces that basically are from some other box over there that we're just yeah. going to have to go and grab. And we've got other pieces over here. It's like your mum's just chucked all of the bits in. You've got to make something together from it. Yeah. We are going to need to shift out some players and... Like you said, I just hope that he shifts out players that don't fit the system and the players that come in fit the system. Like, I'm not really that fussed about the names, but I just need to know that they're the right type of player. I think that's the key for me. And as long as that's as long as long that's the case, then, you know, I think we can we can go on to do big things, lads, big things. <laughs> and on that note, we've got our 30 minutes up. That's been it. That went far too quickly. Far too quickly. We are going to call time. Um, ben, thank you very much for joining us up the Arsenal FA Cup winners 14 times. Yes. <laughs> and Steve. And Chris, you didn't even discuss, discuss how Pepe's ball was behind Aubameyang. Um, let's let's save the uh, <laughs> waxing waxing more lyrical over Pepe for another day. No, we? I I jest. I, I thought he did well. He won a few fouls and stuff. He carried the ball quite well. Lost it a couple of times, but I loved that tackle against... Um, Pedro, when he's got his body yeah. in the way and stuff, yeah. More of that needed. More of that needed. And there'll be more of us when we come back for the new season. Um, you'll hear more from the uh, Gunnerstown crew and Ben and myself and uh, Steve are going to jump onto some of the midweek podcasts, but there'll be a rotation of it. But hope you've enjoyed listening to us. We've we've only done about six of these since the restart, but we'll be back for the whole of next season. Thoroughly looking forward to it. Uh, up the Arsenal. Lads, say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.